welcome to Subject to Talent, brought to you by Allegis Global Solutions. Similar to you, we're always trying to learn more. On this podcast, we speak to workforce and talent experts from around the world, covering market trends, technology, and our ever-evolving dynamic industry. Hi, I'm Bruce Morton, the host of Allegis Global Solutions' Subject to Talent podcast. Today, I'll be handing over the microphone to my very good friend and colleague, Naveen Musgreen. Naveen is a contingent workforce management leader with over 18 years of industry experience. He's currently the executive director of Allegis Global Solutions MSP business in India. On this episode, he'll be joined by Samir Srivastava. Uh, Samir is an external workforce management expert with over 20 years experience, and he's currently the senior vice president for Simplify VMS in the Asia Pacific region. Together, they're going to be discussing common myths and perceptions about MSP and BMS and how the partnership between the two of them has evolved and driven popularity of these workforce solutions, particularly in the APAC region. So let's listen in. Hi, I'm Naveen Mastreen, Executive Director of MSP Solutions with Allegis Global Solutions in India. Joining me today on this episode of our podcast series is Samir Srivastava, a senior vice president of Simplify Asia Pacific. Simplify helps businesses acquire and manage their external workforce and talent using automation, controls, data and performance transparency, powered by the latest technology stack that allows for greater flexibility and end user experience. A very warm welcome to you, Sumir. Uh, it is indeed fantastic to have you as our guest in the third season of our podcast series, Subject to Talent. We always start off by asking our guests uh, how they got into this industry. So tell us a bit about your journey so far. So hi, hi, Naveen. Um, first of all, thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. In terms of my uh, journey, I graduated with an MBA in the UK in 2005, and then I was working as a change management consultant with a professor. And, you know, as that project was winding down, I was looking for opportunities which allowed me to employ uh, my newly learned skill set from the MBA along with change management and uh, project management experience that I had before. And um, this opportunity came up with uh, Kelly Services to help uh, run their implementation programs across Europe with uh, Fortune 100 clients. And, uh, you know, that was a great opportunity for me at that time. And I haven't looked back since. Um, how about you, Naveen? That's awesome. Uh, similar to most folks in our industry and quite similar to your story as well. Uh, it was an accidental career move for me. Uh, after an initial short stint in uh, business development with the insurance staffing and the real estate sectors, I joined back the staffing industry in 2008 uh, in the strategic account management function, uh, leading some of the largest engagements for the company back then. Just one day, my manager back then walks up to me and, and hands over a 40-page printout. I can vividly remember that visual even now and said, uh, hey, Naveen, we have signed up a big global customer for something called an MSP solution. India is a big part of that rollout. I'm not really sure what it is about and what it what needs to be done. Frankly, I don't have the time or the mind space for it. Anyways, you enjoy working in a global environment. So read the printouts, figure it out and get it done. And by the way, don't bother me with too much of it unless you can't avoid it. So since that first conversation, it's been 14 years and two dozen programs and MSPs later, here I am today, still enjoying every moment of this journey, learning new things every day. 
and looking forward to the future. So let's get into our first segment for the benefit of our listeners who may not know about the concept of MSP or have potential misconceptions about it or are not aware about the benefits of an MSP solution. So let's spend some time on the one-on-one basics. So to start off with, let's just define for the audience, what is an MSP and a VMS in the context of uh, contingent workforce management? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, that's really necessary given the misconceptions and myths that are out there. Um, so um, at least, uh, you know, from, from my perspective, you know, MSP is a managed service provider in the staffing industry, which is basically uh, today primarily utilized by uh, organizations to help manage their external workforce. And the way they do that is obviously, you know, they manage the whole program for these firms. And a big part uh, is played by the vendor management system or the VMS, which is the software they basically utilize to manage this program end to end. Absolutely. And uh, I, I would probably abridge it and call it entire talent supply chain solution, which has technology bolted on it and, and just enabling the entire value proposition of an MSP solution, which we will talk about later in the podcast as it relates to transparency, visibility, demand management, and so on and so forth. But I think you've covered it uh, fairly comprehensively, uh, Samir. So let's kind of make a quick segue into, and this is my favorite topic, right? The common myths and perceptions about the MSP VMS solution. So just to kick that off, I would say that, you know, I think for the rest of this podcast, we would probably not keep MSP and VMS mutually exclusive. Uh, it's an integral part of the entity. So we'll probably address it together on the same breath. Uh, so in, in those terms, when we look at the first myth that we have, uh, that I hear very often, and I've heard for many, many years right now, uh, is MSP only manages temp labor supply chain. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Sandeep? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like I was, uh, like I touched upon earlier, you know, that, uh, maybe that's how it evolved, but today you're talking about total talent management. You know, I already have a couple of programs in India, uh, which we are managing, uh, you know, not only their con- contingent as well as full time, uh, full time workforce for clients. So obviously that's, that's one myth that's been bursted right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and from my perspective, I think anything that classifies under external workforce, which includes temp labor, uh, gig workers, or freelance workers, as you may call it, or even independent contractors, and even outsourced uh, service entities, you know, like large uh, professional services firms, IT services firms, and consulting firms, which provide either managed capacity build-outs or large SOW uh, contracts or ODCs. All of this, which I think typically in my mind also constitutes uh, external workforce. So I think that's kind of for the audience, uh, a comprehensive definition of what all could be potentially managed under the ambit of uh, an MSP solution. So that takes us to the second myth. I've heard that pretty often as well as I in engage with a lot of first generation buyers that MSP typically makes internal jobs of vendor management functions, procurement functions, or HR staffing functions, typically the sponsoring organizations for the solution like this, uh, making their roles redundant as it takes away the function and control completely. What's your uh, experience and observation around this, Samir? I think you're spot on, right? Um, I've had that uh, feedback from a few clients I've spoken to as well. And there's definitely no truth to it. You know, we, for an MSP VMS solution to succeed, we have to work hand in glove with the client teams, right? Especially when it comes to change management. So we work together to, you know, have uh, clients achieve, help clients achieve uh, significant uh, 
benefits realization. So we we have to work together. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I I think uh, the way I look at it is, if anything, and a comprehensive MSP VMS solution only augments the engagement of the customer. Uh, it frees them up from the transactional and the tactical and the operational and and helps the organization or those functional uh, you know, users or leaders to do more strategic work so that we become the enablers of the strategic work that they could do in managing their external labor. So I, I think it's, it's a complementary force rather than um, something to be wary about. Totally agree with me. Yeah, great point. And and moving on to the other myth that uh, was was a pretty popular one, and I see this in a lot of current discussions that we've been having over the last uh, you know few months, and and more so in the recent past. Uh, and, and this I've seen typically with customers within our within our region in India is uh, they want to stand up a solution fairly fast, and and they feel that. And a VMS solution or VMS technology is not necessarily important to stand up a, a program, whether that now whether that's in-house or through an MSP provider. Sometimes there's this misconception that they can work with uh, you know makeshift tools, Excel spreadsheets, or homegrown systems, and and that's good enough to stand up a program. And also because there's this perception that VMS is too complicated to uh, implement. And it and it leverages or uses up too many resources and cost. What are your thoughts? Being an expert in in that domain, uh, specifically around the, the VMS and seeing it, what the way you see it today, what do you feel about it? Yeah, again, that's a great point. I mean, so um, you know, I think it's based on my experience within the industry over fifteen years, right? Working in global programs, it's very difficult to manage programs without a VMS. Simply because the VMS by itself offers you the opportunity to streamline the workflows, great reporting, visibility, help you track compliance. All of these together are very difficult to manage just using spreadsheets or homegrown tools, which are not geared towards specifically the solution. And, you know, and that's to your point about uh, difficulty in implementation, you know, perhaps, um, and I, there is, there was some truth to it. You know, let's say when these programs started out maybe 20 years ago and then rolled out globally, um, there was lack of change management and understanding. But today's technology, you know, today's uh, tools which are built with the, especially with the ones which are built with the latest tech stack, implementations are a breeze. You know, the technology really helps integration as well as doing, making sure that all the fields and other aspects that are required, especially for a client can be implemented very quickly. So yeah, that's again a big myth, which I think we, we it's great that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's a that's a good point you called out there. I, I think also we're beginning to see a trend of new and upcoming players in the market in the VMS technology space. And and to your point around the latest tech stack, it, it makes the implementation and the integrations with downstream and upstream systems uh, fairly seamless and quicker than it used to be. Uh, now, when, now, since we have spoken about these myths, you know, these were the top three and the most common ones that, you know, uh, we would come across in the market. Now, let's kind of switch that over to the value driver. So now with all these myths busted, what is the true value proposition for an MSP solution uh, to be implemented? For a buyer organization, yeah, that's a that's true. That's a great question. I think now over about you know over a period of time now we're definitely seeing that this uh, VMS MSP solution brings uh, and offers a lot a lot of value to different clients. So you're talking about compliance, transparency, uh, transparency and visibility, process standardization, 
cost reduction. And now we're moving on to the next stage, you know, of, of this growth of VMS. We're looking at uh, predictive analytics and insights, which perhaps we might get into later. So there is a lot of value, a lot of different value in different forms that has been offered to different clients. What do you think, Naveen? Yeah, I, I think you've laid it out really well. Uh, one of the shifts I've seen, you know, when I look at the first 10 years of the evolution of uh, the MSP industry in India and the last five years, I think the biggest shift I've seen is the the order of prioritization of those uh, different aspects that you mentioned, right? You, you spoke about compliance, transparency, automation, cost and decision enabling data. Uh, I think compliance right now, I've seen, I've begun to see a lot of uh, customers talk about uh, the, the presentation pitches that we are on, uh, the, the RFPs that come out. Compliance and governance seems to be like the number one priority of organizations. Uh, of course, uh, the process automation and the simplicity of use and in, in the, in how simple we can make this for the end user has definitely kind of moved up the ranks. But very interestingly, cost management has kind of moved down a few notches. Uh, why do you think that could be the case? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I think um, a lot to, has to do with the value that clients have realized over a period of time, you know, especially when it came to HR outsourcing. Remember that a lot of these uh, organizations that we have in India today, global MNCs, started with back office operations, right? And one of the objectives was cost reduction. But then I think over a period of time, we have had a twofold change, right? Where the domestic market has grown. So they have clients in India as well. Secondly, they've realized that um, there was a trade-off between quality and cost, right? So now, uh, especially the global MNCs have, uh, you know, sort of adopted this strategy of uh, realizing that, that realizing the fact, basically they've realized the fact that their cost isn't the only factor and they've got to focus on quality as well. Great points there. Now, when I was just kind of, Hearing what you were saying, also one of the things that came to my mind is uh, it's not just about standing up a solution, filling regs, you know, fulfilling demand and all of that stuff. The entire solution, when you look at it end to end, from the time we do, you know, discovery, solution design, implementation and project management, technology integrations, and then we go live. And then we have steady state operations. And then in all of this, we constantly have supply chain as, as the, the, the constant feature in that entire life cycle. I feel this whole solution is, is very, very comprehensive. It's very professionally run and managed. And the partnership between, you know, uh, MSP and, and VMS providers, uh, being so strong. I think the ability to execute something in a very large scale, giving the kind of results and efficiencies that the customer is looking for is, is not far out. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, you know, the one more thing is now the clients have also become savvy, the customers and clients that we have now, they're aware of not only, uh, you know, first of all, starting with the value that a contingent workforce is adding, right? Especially given this period of COVID that we're coming out of now, allowing them the flexibility to plan and implement different strategies. Then, uh, and, and the value add overall, the solution all brings to them, including compliance and other areas we touched upon earlier. Awesome. That takes us to the next segment, uh, which is a favorite segment of mine, because I think you and I have been a part of uh, the story within the India region as far as MSP solutions are concerned. So when we just kind of look at it and, and we take a rear view reflection on the last decade of MSP and VMS solutions in the India market. What was it like back then? Let's kind of jog back our memory lane. And how has it evolved now? 
And why do, do you think that it's gaining uh, significant popularity over the last decade? Yeah, that's a great point, Naveen, again. So I'm glad that you brought it up. So yeah, I think over the last 10 years, I've been implementing and managing programs in India. Uh, there has been a drastic change. You know, I think it all started with initially global expansions, primarily coming down to India and uh, a lot of the clients regionally not being sure of what the value add this solution will bring to them. And, uh, you know, a lot of change management involved. The, work, the integrations were quite tough. Uh, getting the suppliers on board was, again, another problem. But now, after 10 years down the line, I see overall, this is a win-win situation for everyone. The suppliers, for example, have access to uh, all the requisitions that are coming through a client without missing anything. Clients obviously get stuff touched upon early, visibility reporting, predictive analytics. Um, <clears throat> and of course, you know, the candidates also have a great uh, onboarding and offboarding experience. Uh, and now we are seeing regional companies themselves looking for solutions. And, you know, again, that's where we are finding a lot of traction regionally. What about you, Naveen? What do you think? Yeah, so I, I think uh, for me, the biggest uh, shift in the last decade has been uh, the overall understanding of the solution itself, right? I think it started off more from a perspective of uh, gatekeeping, uh, kind of being, being the middleman and uh, just focusing on the compliance aspects of things. And I think there was still a lot of things unsaid or unproved about the value proposition of, of a solution. Whereas fast forward over the last four to five years that I have seen, uh, I've seen a significant shift in the way it's perceived. They have, they, the customers or the buyers have begun to see the value of, you know, what this could bring to the table, how it could augment their existing workforce strategies and how it could help them, uh, you know, get the work done. Now, the other aspect of this I also see is that when we, when we consider the overall, uh, India market, I think traditionally the, the customers that have the, the programs that are really live right now are global engagements. These are global multi-country engagements where India is one component of that entire, uh, you know, deal. Uh, the shift I've begun to see is local RFPs, local customers. When I say local, I don't necessarily mean India born and bred organizations. I, I also mean global multinationals where India is a very large profit center, a, a strategic decision-making unit and is able to call the shots and, and wants to do things that is best for them. I see a trend in, in terms of uptick of interest levels. Uh, and, and moreover, you know, the, the customers of the past within our sponsor organizations, they move to newer organizations. They have seen this work. So they take it to the next cup, to the next organization that they go. So I think, a lot of that has has accelerated over the last few years in my mind. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It has, it has, and there's a lot more acceptability of the program and the value realization that clients can, uh, you know, are looking at. Awesome. So moving to the next question, I think one of the biggest pet peeves of uh, any any large engagement is, you know, setting up the program for success. Uh, is is it is it going to deliver to the promise? Is it going to go live on time? Uh, are we going to <clears throat> get the kind of results we were looking for as a part of the solution engagement? I think there are a lot of these questions that keep running in our buyers' minds. So in your uh, experience and in, in your view, 
how do we set up an MSP program for success in India? And when I say this, I also include the technology component component of it, of course. Uh, and what are the key focus areas and obstacles to overcome? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think from a technology perspective, right? Speaking from a technology perspective, a lot to do. Uh, it has a lot to do with um, understanding the current processes, configuration, um, the data that the client has, right? Making sure that we capture all the key um, key uh, key components of the program, which can be then replicated into the VMS, right? Um, and then looking at the integrations, uh, the technical ability, you know, of the client and the technical resources they have at their uh, disposal. Uh, and then this, and then of course, working hand in glove with the MSP, right? To have put a great solution in place, which can then meet, meet the requirements of the client, you know? So of course there are a lot of th- other things involved from a program and management perspective, which I think perhaps Naveen, you might want to talk about more because I'm sure you have a lot more experience in that area than I do. Uh, of course, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, what you said just now in terms of, you know, the, the technology play and how it influences the way it is. Uh, a successful program really gets structured. From my point of view, I think the program lifecycle, you know, after around two dozen programs uh, having been set up and run, I kind of could comfortably classify the first three years journey of any MSP program into adoption in year one, uh, optimization in year two and transformation year three onwards. So I think when we look at program adoption and change, these two are the most significant. And I would say this is a number one priority to focus on for any global customer rolling out their contingent labor programs in India or any customers in India, you know, uh, who wants to embark on this journey. I think the understanding of program adoption and change management is absolutely paramount. I have seen programs not lift off the ground for a good 12 months to 24 months to even 36 months because the initial planning around these two areas were were not done thoroughly and sufficiently. When I say this, I typically mean executive leadership and stakeholder buying. Executive leadership, of course, is the C-suite, but also functional heads, you know, uh, HR heads, finance heads, uh, legal uh, administration and real estate and facilities, so on and so forth. So many different entities, so many different functions have a part to play when we implement a program like this, right? And getting their buy-in is absolutely paramount even before embarking on that journey. <clears throat> the second aspect I feel and is, is absolutely important to, uh, consider is supplier adoption. It's the basic tenet, right? There's no MSP program if there's no supplier. So adoption becomes of significant importance. And in fact, it's like a deal breaker if adoption doesn't happen the way it is originally designed, because at the end of the day, a lot of these uh, suppliers have legacy relationships with uh, customers. We definitely do not want to be the cause for disruption. We want to be the one that enables the change and makes it smooth. So making sure that supplier buy-in, the supplier education, what's in it for them, right? Uh, what merits are they going to receive by being a part of a program like this? For example, you know, we could radically reduce their sales costs, right? You know, if, if there's, you know, for example, in our organization, we, we have multiple MSP customers. So, uh, 
it's all, it's almost like you have a single entry point for different opportunities. So that's going to be a significant impact on their overall uh, sales costs as well. So kind of articulating to them what's in it for them, and and what are the what are the guardrails that this program now is going to draw up as a part of the engagement, and being very communicative and sometimes even over communicative, I think is is absolutely important for successful supplier adoption. Uh, and the third and the most important, which I think you already covered, so I won't kind of uh, tell on it further, but the ease of use, the end user experience, uh, you know, something as simple as, you know, can I access these things on a mobile phone, right? You know, can I make it like click of a button? Could it be a one-click solution? Uh, is the integrations easy to do, right? I think these are considerations that have to be mapped out up, up front. And in my my mind, these are three areas, if done really well, can ensure an extremely successful uh, setup for uh, any contingent labor program in this market. And of course, you know, the golden rule of 80-20, where, you know, we need to look at 80% standardization because a lot of these are standardized programs, but allowing for that 20% of, you know, customization, localization, and, and providing for the must-haves that are important to that region. I think that's absolutely paramount. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think uh, being able to localize for the requirement regionally, and it can be different, and it can boil down to different locations in India itself, for instance. That is absolutely key, I think, for sure. Great. So what are the key considerations while choosing a VMS technology for a region like ours? Right. It's, it's a complex market. We are a technology hub, so you know we have our own view of what technology should be and look like. Uh, but what cues from the market should we be listening to uh, in, a, in the context of a VMS? I think if I were to choose one aspect, right, it'll all boil down to configurability. As we just touched upon earlier, right, you're looking at different clients, different regions, uh, you know, might have different uh, requirements, right? And the same same organization. And we've seen that a number of times, right? And it can also be even the kind of integration that they have with different suppliers and how the basic invoice calculations are done. Um, so, and that to have a successful program from a technology perspective, you need a VMS, which can meet those requirements, right? Which can be adapted for the regional requirements. And this is where the latest tech stack comes in. The VMS today, which I built with the latest tech stacks can easily meet this requirement and, you know, rolling it out, make with the relevant changes can be done very quickly. Okay. Moving on to the next one. Uh, an interesting question here, Samir. Uh, MSP and VMS solutions have typically been a function of a global rollout with India as a component to it. Based on your experience and based on what you see now in your current role at Simplify, do you see the potential for customers in India uh, or do you see a trend uh, in, in India to stand up in-country standalone programs uh, that brings in the global best practices? but weaves in the local flavor of what they need in the region. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. I mean, so, um, you know, today, absolutely, I mean, I have proof points, right? I have clients uh, regionally who are expanding globally from India, you know? So, reverse engineer MSP programs, if you will. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, and, you know, borrowing a term from their excellent book, um, Conquering the Chaos by um, Ravi Venkatesh, right? Who headed, I think, Microsoft in India previously. We are looking at... Uh, a global approach, if you will, you know, global in terms of global processes, which are rolled out and employed locally with a local flavor to meet the local requirements. 
And like I said, we have had programs, companies which are working with us. We have rolled out these global programs uh, from India and they're working quite well. What, what's, what, what are your thoughts? You know, it'll be interesting to know, understand that from an MSP perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're a growing staffing market. You know, we all know the stats on how we have been growing year over year, especially over the last decade, how the staffing market has really you know, boomed and that trend is going to continue. But I also see that, you know, there's been, there's been curiosity, there's been interest. So many times, you know, there are different nomenclatures and terminologies used for what is an MSP solution. So sometimes people confuse a master vendor solution as MSP. Someone confuse as a, like a direct sourcing solution as an MSP. Uh, sometimes they have different solution structure, like a vendor on premise, and then they call them MSP. So what happens is I think getting that definition right and, and educating the customer, educating the buyer, educating this market is, I think, our responsibility. Definitely. Great. So with that, we're moving to our final segment, right? And that's to kind of talk about the present talent market, uh, the latest talent technology scenarios, and to kind of, you know, get a crystal ball view from you of what you see happening in the future. Uh, given what we are witnessing in terms of the current workforce and talent trends, the great resignation, the COVID impact, burgeoning demand for talent, how can this powerful combination of MSP and BMS help customers solve their talent challenges? Yeah, that's a great question, Avin. And obviously, we've given it a lot of thought and, um, you know, I'm speaking to a lot of talent leaders globally, especially coming out of COVID today, right? A lot of organizations are not sure what the business environment is going to entail, right? Especially when it comes to talent, you know, what are the talent strategies they need in, in order to succeed in this new world post-COVID? So using an MSP VMS combination, I think this gives them an option to try various solutions where, for, for example, now you have the ability to scale up or scale down quickly with the talent you need globally using this powerful, powerful solution, which is you know, VMS MSP solution, right? So if you put that together, I think uh, we are giving the clients today the option to actually try out strategies, implement strategies, and then decide how they want to go move on further because it's not taking that much time or effort to do that. And this is where an MSP, an MSP VMS solution is offering a lot of value. What do you think, Naveen? Yeah, I, I do agree with you, uh, Sameen. And I think what we could combine to bring to the table is an extremely powerful value proposition of looking at staff org spend and uh, SOW spend gig workers spend, consolidating all of it in a central place, creating that opportunity for, you know, visibility and access and providing, you know, insights into the labor markets and enabling those conversations. I, I think the operational and the tactical side of it, you know, it's kind of pretty much, pretty much established. There is a certain playbook on how it is done, but I think it's about those conversations that we are having with our customers on how do we solve the core problem that they have? And that is getting work done. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Fantastic. So we'd like to end our episode looking for your insights on few years down in the future. If you had a crystal ball view of what's to come, what do you think this industry will look like? What phrase would you coin for the next big thing in our industry? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a million dollar question, isn't it, Naveen? I think... Um, 
you are obviously going to see technology play a huge role as we move forward and uh, especially ai you know you you'll for example you've seen how advanced alexa right virtual assistant technology like alexa have come come forth right so over a period of time you're definitely going to see um uh you know the technology platforms coming together using um, for example a vms utilizing multiple data platforms it is already doing it today you know to some extent you're getting market analytics you're getting benchmark information rates and so on you, it's this is going to just further move forward and you're going to see um uh, am- amalgamation if you will of ai and uh, putting all this together where a virtual assistant will probably interview candidates sketch, uh, interview the candidates line up the candidates and share a profile with their remarks to the to the hiring manager um you're definitely going to see a much more uh, usage of direct sourcing as well uh moving forward and again it's all going to be ai driven and you know how it comes out um i think it's anyone's guess at this point in time i think covid obviously has given us a platform to further utilize technology to offer more value to clients um as far as as far as uh, coining a, a term for the next big thing is um, Wow, I haven't really thought about that. Actually, why don't you answer this question, or you add some value here, and let me think about the terms I would use. <laughs> Absolutely, Sameer. So, uh, you know, spot on. You 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 hit upon a lot of those crucial elements on on how the industry is evolving and how the market's changing. Uh, I think, from my point of view, and and whatever I see from the crystal ball view, I think. it all depends on the timelines and the stage of maturity each region or each country is in in their life cycle or in their consumption of different forms of talent but if i were to just you know look at it clearly and say what does it mean from a customer lens i think this to my earlier point that i touched upon i think there's going to be blurred lines now between the types of work that gets done I think organizations are going to begin begin to look at how do we get the work done, how do we get the talent that we need, and not get bogged down by definitions, regulations, limitations, and so on and so forth, but rather focus on getting the product to market or the speed to revenue, or overall achieving the business impact and. I would say universal workforce solutions would probably be uh, the next phase of our evolution as an industry. So whether a customer wants to hire full-time headcount or contingent headcount, or you know they want to outsource a piece of work, or they want to engage the gig economy, uh, the focus will not be as much about the mode of. engagement as much as about it is about getting the work done for with the right talent at at the right price point so i think that's a good phrase to coin uh, universal workforce and and that's what we look forward to and that's what we are going to be you know keeping our eyes on okay in the meantime i came up with the talent acquisition 5.0 but i think well, universe that universal talent acquisition <laughs> sounds much better so i'll take that awesome So Sameer thank you it was a pleasure speaking with you and exchanging uh, perspectives ideas and your industry knowledge uh, we look forward to meet with you soon again to share more such insights and uh, thank you for your time and uh, we'll speak soon thanks a lot I mean it's been a real pleasure and I look forward to speaking with you soon again cheers To learn more about AGS, please check us out at leadersglobalsolutions.com. 
You can also send questions for me or our guests. Just tweet us here at Allegis Global with the hashtag subject to talent or email us at subject to talent at leadersglobalsolutions.com. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, please subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>